Blog Talk Radio. me um I, I got no tanya i, I don't know oh. what's going on there and uh so it's just you me and stephen burke from lighthouse christian radio and i guess we can pick this up i think you boys know what you're talking about and um take it from there if you like uh, i know we're talking I about that got on. i was having some technical issues i'm sorry <laughs> You are a technical issue. There you go. <laughs> Everything, every, anything electronic today has been all screwy dewy to me. It's just, it's just not working. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't, so, all right, Marty, so I'm going to bow Mar- out your yes. Mar- Marty, that's better known as technical catastrophe. Yeah. <laughs> you know me. <laughs> all right. All right, I'll leave you out to it. <laughs> Don't go too far. <laughs> well, good evening. Thank you for tuning in to Tanya Talks. For your voices heard and your stories told on Marty Oakley's TS Radio Network and Stephen Burke's 89.9 KLRB FM Lighthouse Christian Radio. Oh, tonight we welcome Stephen Burke again, James Tree, and I'm not sure do we have. Uh, James Abbott on with us? Not yet. Okay. And uh, and if James Abbott comes on, then he comes on. But we are, uh, last week we talked quite a bit about, we talked quite a bit about uh, Hughes County Sheriff's Office and the lack of real oversight and and even some egregious acts on behalf of them uh, as a lack of that. We'll get into that a little bit further. But it is it is Sunday, just in case y'all don't know. It's, I forgot to do my little gig, my little jig. It is Sunday, April, April 10, 2022, just in case I didn't say that. Oh, we've got so, so much going on, and, um, and we're just really happy that you've tuned back in. I imagine that... Uh, if you might have something to say about Hughes County Sheriff's Office, you know, give us 10 or 15 minutes, and then you can start uh, calling in. We want to hear it. 917-388-4520. And then you press the number 1, all right? And that will get you in queue. Good to hear your voice, James. How are you tonight? I'm doing fine. Thank you. How are you? I'm, I'm doing fine. I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm doing great. You know, uh, uh, unbelievable. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> well, now you're bragging. You 
<laughs> I'm bragging. If only you knew. <laughs> uh, the show is brought to you uh, by Mars from Marcel Reed and the Whistleblowers, the annual Whistleblowers Summit, along with Journeys to Justice, Journeys to Justice, a non-for-profit. Uh, and uh, last week, once again, you did hear uh, James Abbott, very uptight and talking about his dilemma, fear and fear for his life, but also very well spoken most of the time about what he's going through, him, his wife, and his wife's uh, special needs sister, uh, that they have to look you know, over their shoulders, there's a warrant out for his arrest, and uh, according to him, and I tell you what, I believe it, that uh, there's nothing valid about it. Uh, as a matter of fact, he's been violated. They've had the house uh, taken from them uh, wrongfully, and um, they've had people killing their animals. Uh, they've had people beating them up dragging him through all kinds of things, hurting him, uh, uh, releasing him after they hurt him so they wouldn't have to take care of him. This is, we're talking about sheriffs, Hughes County Sheriff's Department. So, Tanya? You did, oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. James is on with you. Okay. Hi, James. Welcome Hi, to the show. Know. Thank you for, thank you for, for uh, calling in again. Um okay. So if you missed last Sunday's show, the archive to that is actually in last week's promo for the show. So I want everybody to know that, okay, so that you can hear it in case you did miss it. James Treat, I've got a question for you. Did Hughes County do a a defund the police gig or something? (laughs) No, they had a major budget issue and the county commissioners reduced the sheriff's department's budget now if you're talking about something that happened about a year ago or in the last in the last nine last nine last nine months uh they literally cut their budget they barely had enough gas to even go out on patrol for a while and, oh seriously no no yes that's a serious note uh but in reference to I, – I get, I get what you're being facetious about now. Yeah. I have a little bit different insight on this, and you may or may not remember, but my granddad was actually sheriff, deputy sheriff at the Hughes County Sheriff's Department in the 40s. Okay. Yeah, well, and, I know you've got roots. And – not to say that everything was done by the letter of the law, because it wasn't. It was Oklahoma. It was a wild territory. Uh, it was the last uh, haven for every outlaw in the United States to come to, the America, uh, the Oklahoma Territory. But the outlook, you know, the, the thing you see in the Westerns about somebody comes to town, sheriff doesn't like them, they run them out of town. You got to sundown to be out of town. That's where sundowner came from. Well, that was realistic back 40s, 50s, even 60s. And you even brought all the way to 2008, 9, 10, 12. 
But when they, in the older days, they had an, a, an agenda for the community, and that's all turned into personal agendas nowadays based on what your last name is or isn't, how much money you uh, contributed to who, who, what campaign. And then just outright now, how much money are you getting out of drug court in some form or fashion as it's passed down the back alleys and back ways of being paid off? Um, We have to remember that the sheriff's department is controlled, monitored, supposed to be supervisory to the sheriff. The county commissioners can actually terminate a sheriff. But when you go to the county commissioners and address that, they will hit you with, well, we're all one big team. Instead of taking an oversight posture, they level themselves all equal trying to do a job. Well, that's not what oversight is. So that's your first that's your first issue at the sheriff's department is they have no oversight and you got to ask yourself why do they not have any oversight because it's basically corrupt and and everybody's got got their hand down that stance with people you know personally um okay that's what i was going to ask you as well i i i've approached the county commissioners on some very specific items as to conduct and that was the response and even had a refusal to meet other commissioners on a one-to-one basis only to be invited to their public meeting to have a conversation with them in other words they absolutely refused to talk one-on-one okay so that so you can't even set a set a date for a year from now if you were if they were to say they're too busy you can't even put ask them to put something in their calendar for a year from now six months from now whatever well in my in my particular case it's well we looked into that and we don't see any merit in it in in the situation and I don't recall exactly what it was but I responded with well how did you check into that allegation if you never made a phone call to me. The accusing party. Dead right. silence. We've made our we've made our decision. We don't see any validity. If you would like to address the council as a whole, come on Monday at the public whatever and you'll be given five minutes, two minutes, whatever it was. Now, and, uh, I, county, the county commissioner told us at the store in Sturt when we told him about the deal with our whole thing, about the cops doing what they did, letting people pull guns and everything, he told us that he was told at the meeting to sit on his hands and keep his mouth shut the rest of his term, and that's what he planned on doing. And he wouldn't help us at all. And are you referring yep. to the commissioner that passed away? Yes, I am. And I helped him get elected. We worked for him and put up signs everywhere, done everything in the world to help him out. Uh, Do you recall the name? I'm having a hard time recollecting his name. Uh, uh, Tommy Peak, I think. Yeah, Tommy Peak. He was running his and Kevin Stitz. 
stuff to put up everywhere. And he told us he was told to sit on his hands and keep his mouth shut. And I don't know who another, told him that, but. Well, another thing you still find interesting about Tommy Peake is I didn't know that you could actually vote by proxy on county commission voting and use his signature on documents when he's dead. Oh, my goodness. And, and if you go check the county records, that's exactly what you'll find. A dead oh man's signature. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's crooked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty crooked. That's not, there's no... Uh, there's there's definitely not, uh, no law allowing that to happen. No, I'm sure there's a way that they can take a vote with a council member no longer alive, but not with actually using his signature or his signature stamp. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's just a preview, an overview of what you're dealing with because – if the sheriff has got no fear of her oversight, he or she's oversight, what are you going to expect? Now, they will uh, address issues that they can't sidestep, traffic accidents, uh, third-party law enforcement calling in for help, uh, felony pursuits, things of that nature. But when it's homegrown root individuals, uh, just spelling it out, drug dealers, known drug dealers, we don't touch them. We just turn the blind eye. Yeah. Yep. And uh, it's and, not, and no better, has it? Well, if you've got any, even if you you don't have any oversight outside the sheriff's department, i.e., county commissioners, how can you explain away not having any oversight within your own jail? Meaning. Sheriff's Department employees having sex with inmates, as an example. Not once, not twice, multiple times. Cameras in the facility, and it takes yet weeks to discover. And nothing is happening as a result of that? Uh, it's my understanding there have been court hearings, but no formal charges yet. There's cameras. And it took a while for them to pull footage and try to put together some information. And this was all third-hand information kind of thing. But yet, Mm -hmm. something that's related to that, we have a... And, and Stephen can actually attest to this. We uh, were driving back from McAllister and look over from the north pasture coming in, and there's a huge, huge fire. And it doesn't take a lot of connecting the dots to know that that was a meth lab that was put up in smoke. 
So what made you know that that was a meth lab? Uh, direct dot to dot as to the people involved at the at the jail thing being squeezed. Okay. And where yeah, I'm, not, I'm not going to get any, I'm not going to get any more details than that, but it it they it's all connected, and it's surprising that they were trying to squeeze uh, the sheriff's employee to uh, maybe point them in another direction on on the drug usage, but. Um, I am told that we did have a fairly huge drug bust in the county here about a week or so ago, which is, again, he must have been an outsider, must not have been one of the homegrown drug right. dealers, because we watched, him go up and down, we watched him go up and down the street all the time, un- unabated. Okay, so maybe he was taking business away from the others, <laughs> and those getting a cut. Well, they wasn't yeah. paying their kickback. Right. Right. I know more but, about that situation than most most folks around here. Because when I had the TV shop, I had six different sheriff's deputies come in there at six different times. None of them knew the other one talked to me. All of them told me the same story about how they'd arrest somebody on drug charges and they'd be bailed out by a certain person before they could get back to the courthouse with them. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But. It, but in the instance of, of James and Sheila, that's one of the small little stories that you normally wouldn't hear about because these things happen sparsely about and throughout the county. Uh, they're generally uh, with people that don't have the means, the knowledge, or support to fight back, and it all gets whitewashed away. But... It's no secret between the squad car and jail as to if they like you or they don't like you. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is have something that they want and then actually fight for your own rights, and then that's it. Look out. Well, there's there's a unbelievable amount of lack of documentation. Call the sheriff's department. It may or may not get time stamped logged in. If it does, and you follow up and you ask for an incident report, you may have one and you might not have one. Or if you filed a complaint, the paperwork may just simply disappear. Oh, well, we gave that to your local police chief. And pass the buck. Right. But their documentation, uh, totally incomplete on incident reports. It's, you know, you should be able to reconstruct what happened at the scene. And I've se- I have personally seen incident reports that do not reflect at all, as sparse or as bare as they could be. Barely have a date on them. And then to be- Go ahead. And then to follow up, uh, to back to follow up on a nine one one operator call or whatever, you have got to be extremely persistent. Back when we were getting broke into all the time up here at the station, 
the sixth time that we got broke into, I decided the law was not going to do anything. So I got busy and spent months tracing down who did it myself. And once I knew who did it, I started taking various bits of information and and uh, finally even taking absolute undeniable proof to the sheriff's office. And the sheriff that was there at the time, each and every time refused to even take my evidence, would not take it. And I finally called 11 other people here that had also been broken into by the same people. All of us started calling the governor and the senators and the congressmen and and the DA and the attorney general and everybody and their dog, and we stayed on it until finally somebody did something. And the sheriff ended up being removed from uh, power over that deal, and I told him to his face, I said, if you would have took my evidence, waited until I turned around and went out in the door and throwed it in that round file in the corner, everything would have been fine. But you wouldn't even take my evidence when I had the proof who did it. Well, if you go back to 2010, 11, 12 in there when I was filing a lot of uh, reports, I was actually refused by the sheriff's department for them to take the report and went back on more than one occasion and force fed and said, I need it stamped. Now, today, that wouldn't happen simply because of all the uh, interaction at the sheriff's department. But this isn't just, in, in all fairness, this isn't just a Hughes County this is a Latimer County. This is a Seminole County. Yeah. It's this central eastern beltway. Uh, you know, there, uh, Seminole County, I think you might be aware of the one video that showed up about a year and a half ago, uh, coming on property without a warrant, ordering people out of their house without a warrant, wanting to come in a house without a warrant. Uh, disconnecting the air conditioner under the trailer to try to force them out in the heat of the summer without a warrant. And actually it's recorded where there's four law enforcement agencies on the property, and they say, you really don't want to make us go get a warrant. We promise you that. Now, all this stuff's on video. I mean, it was videoed. There's proof that it happened. But if nobody you, will do anything with it, Stephen, oh, when it, was it, it that that happened to you? And when did you, um, when was it that all those thefts were happening and uh, you broke that open? Well, the first time we broke into was before we was ever on the air and they stole nearly everything in the building. And then stuff like that happened four more times after we were on the air, and then the fifth time is when I traced them down and caught them myself, went by their property with a high-resolution camera taking pictures on full zoom and showing people where their stuff was that had been stolen and all kinds of stuff. Couldn't get the sheriff to do nothing until the day that uh, the actual sheriff got removed from power one of the deputies got some more deputies and went out there and raided their place. 
knocked on the door, and the first thing he did was punch speed dial on his phone because I gave him the phone number of a phone they stole. It starts ringing in the house, and he just walked on in and took the phone, and it went from there. But it took me forever to get anything at all done, and they were doing all of their communications at that time under a sheriff's name that had not been in that office for probably a year already, still using his email address and everything else to communicate with me and everybody else with. Wow. Now, where are those people now? Well, one of them's dead. One of them is uh, served some time and then got out and supposed to be making restitution and uh, trying to think what happened to the third one. He may still be in jail. I don't know. Okay. Well, that's something else. So somehow but they did it, and and to show the incompetence of the sheriff's department, this is a dead end road we're on. No way out once you pull in from the highway. Okay. Alarm goes off back behind us at at another person's property that's connected to law enforcement. Sheriff goes coming up here in the middle of the night, four o'clock in the morning, to see why the alarm's going off. There's a vehicle backed up behind the radio station. Because they done busted the door open on the storage building and loaded up a bunch of stuff. And they're sitting there behind the station. The sheriff sees them, watches them drive away, makes no attempt at stopping them. We're on a dead-end road, mind you. Forget the alarm that's going off back yonder and check out this deed that's 4 o'clock in the morning backed up on somebody's property with a load full of stuff. Because whoever's back yonder... If they're still back there, they ain't getting out. But no, let's watch them drive off and go on back there to see why the alarm went off. So what are your feelings why they watched them drive off? Do you think they were getting a piece of the cut? Do you think, I mean, what are your thoughts about that? I would not be at all surprised. I know they sure didn't want to take any evidence on it. And I don't know if they're related. They denied that they were related, but one of the, Sheriff's deputies had the same last name. Mm -hmm. So it makes me wonder. Right. Is it a coincidence or not? Exactly. Well, you can't speak to what you can guess, but, you know, we just had a a big event here in Calvin within the last week where uh, someone has stolen a four-wheeler. The individual, I guess, was spotted or known to be in Calvin. The sheriff's department was here. I'm told that they called the local police in. They chased the guy around. Uh, he dumped the four-wheeler. And this I, this is third-hand information. He dumped third, the, the four-wheeler at the river and took off some foot and at that point in time had not caught him. Well, there's a big to-do about stealing a four-wheeler. Yes, I understand it's a crime. I get it. But that's a crime that involves, what, two people? The person he stole it from and the person he took it. They go to your drug trade and look at how many people that affects, whether you're selling uh, med prescriptions that, you're, you know, that you go to the pharmacy and fill, whether you're uh, the go-between on a meth lab or you are actually the meth lab. And... 
how many people does that affect? But why do we stay so far away from the drug trade? Is the number one killer right now, you know, between, what is it, 18, 18 and 14-year-olds? 18 to 45-year-olds, I think, with all this stuff coming across the border. That, uh, yeah, especially the fentanyl. Yeah, that's what I'm. Yeah, that's what I'm referring to. The China provides the Mexicans to cut the stuff with. It's it's just so scary, and so for nobody doing anything about these meth labs. Well, we we did have a uh, marijuana farm closed in the last 30 days or so, I believe, in Hughes County, mm-hmm. but I do not believe that was the Sheriff's Department. I believe that was a task force. Stephen, do you know? No, I'm not sure about that. I heard that it was a task force, but I, I don't that don't make it so. <laughs> okay, so marijuana in Oklahoma is not allowed, is that right? No, they they can farm it, culture it, sell it, whatever. Uh, they must must not have been going through their supply chain route, which there is as much or more that we can see uh, being sold illegally. If you've got a uh, med card, you can go buy marijuana in Oklahoma now. Right. Okay. Uh, but they were selling it. Out of state is what the problem was. Okay. They weren't selling it through their supply chain, you know, in Oklahoma. Okay. Got they are taking advantage of our lax laws and growing it here, and it was ending up other places. Okay. But really so all it on- did was it, it just added to the proliferation of selling the illegal pot because of the overabundance of the product. Yeah. Yep. And that stuff can be laced too. I mean, how often do you hear about somebody dying from an overdose now? Uh, honestly, here I don't think I've heard of. It's not making the news cycle, or at least I'm not hearing. I don't know about everybody else. I mean, you used to hear about it four and five years ago. No, I, I, I just don't think it's it's four or five years ago when it was such a big deal to hear. Now it's so normal. Now it's 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 so common that it's not a big deal. So the so it's just not shared on the radio anymore. That's what I get the feeling of. You don't hear every time like you used to hear every time. <laughs> So aren't there things that the sheriff's office can be doing and doing better than trying to cover up and then trying to go after innocent people? I mean, James Abbott, how are you feeling? How was your week? What's the day uh, in the life of trying to hide from these people that basically want you put in jail or you know, you're lucky if you're alive. You've got, you have got protection through the tribe, 
right? Well, I'm supposed to. I'm not sure how it all works, but it'd be enough protection that it's all going to get heard by somebody besides the crooked judge in Hughes County. Well, Tanya, there's at that point, a letter went out from the Hughes County Sheriff's Department uh, about a month ago, may, no more than 45 days ago, where they have severed their uh, cross-certification with the tribes. Yeah. Wait a minute. Can you repeat that? Hughes County the Sheriff's Department has canceled the cross-certification with the tribes. Oh, they Yeah, they have. Pardon? I said they cut all the ties with them. Marshall Maxwell did. And then one of the more recent happenings is that Wewoka was being charged $18,000 by the Sheriff's Department to be part of their 911 system. Or Wetumpka, I'm sorry. Wetumpka. And so much for, was it a dollar a call? No, it was eleven dollars a call. Eleven dollars a call of, surcharge on top of, on top of eighteen thousand. Right, and uh, Wetumpka is going to cancel that nine one one service with Hughes County, thus causing another budget issue. Oh my gosh! They were charging eighteen thousand, and they're going to raise it up to thirty two thousand. But on top of that. They was charging $11 per call. Like if the, the police chief calls in on the radio and says, I'm I'm here, I'm reporting for duty, or I stopped so-and-so on the highway, tag number, $11 every time that radio mic was pushed. And oh that, that information God. is coming from somebody <laughs> directly in the loop. So yeah. what, did, what did Calvin get charged? I don't know what Calvin's deal was because that was one of the Rex Jones shuffle off, I'll handle it kind of thing, but it wasn't near uh, 18000 a year at all. Um, they discussed numbers, and I don't really recall what those numbers are, but it was more in line with, uh, I want to say, four, five, $600 a month or less. Okay. Well, it's a much smaller area. It's a, there's a population is much less. You know, what's the population right, of Wetumpka? Uh, 900. Calvin's oh, 250. Wetumpka's 900 only? Yes. Oh, okay. And then Calvin, you're what, about 250? 250. Yeah. Yeah. So, but Wetumpka used to have now? we Wetumpka used to be a little bit higher population, and they are technically a city grandfathered because you have to be a thousand or more to be a city, and they they right. still operate under a city government. That's that's why I thought that there was more. Yeah. Isn't that? Something? I just I okay. just I just asked how many the other day from somebody who lived there. Uh, that's part of the local government, and they told me 900 and something. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. So, so what other towns are in Hughes County? 
of any substance. Um, you've got Holdenville. You've right. got Allen, Calvin, Stewart. Uh, A lot uh, of small towns. Yes, Atwood. Um, hold on just a second, I can tell you. Um, I'm trying to think of that little that's on the outskirts of Hughes County that they're always over there. I don't know, it wasn't Prague or something like that? Prague's way too high up. That's yeah. above, that's north, that's north of 40. And think of what the name of it was. Starts with an L. The one I'm trying to think no, I'm of. I'm just trying to get a feel for like what are you know if they're if they're charging Wetumpka that much, what are they charging the others? Well, they I'm got just, uh, they got Holdenville and the county's own charges somewhat similar, but it wasn't eighteen thousand a year. They got mm-hmm. them somewhat lined out as, uh, but they were charging Wetumpka way more. And then Wetumpka actually got their jail back open. Okay. And I think they're and I think they're sharing that facility with the Indians. Okay. Even now that they're not cross training. No, Wetumpka is cross certified. Hughes County is not. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, Wachumka made their own deal with the Light Horsemen. With who? The Light Horse. The Light Horse okay. tribe. Okay. Wow. All right. All right. So that's good. J- J- James Abbott, what was your week like? I'm I'm very curious because I mean there was a lot that we talked about last week, and um. You sounded at wit's end, and you were very, very convincing on how you felt and, and your stance and how you feel and your stance. And I can't imagine that your, chance, your stance has changed. But has there been any um, any responses to you being on the show, or um, have, have you heard from them? Do you feel safe now? And I know that we're going to – get some letters out for you, uh, but I'm just wondering if um, anybody came forward for you or if anybody came after you. No, I haven't heard, heard nothing from anybody. I just I spend every day trying to send another email of it to somebody and get a hold of somebody. So far, I haven't heard from anybody yet. Okay. I sent it to the New York Times and the Washington Post I sent it to all of them, but both of them answered back, and they're supposed to be looking at it or something, but I haven't heard back yet. Okay. Tanya, an answer you send to your the link to the show? Excuse me? Did you send them the, the link to the show where they could hear you talking about it? No, not yet. I've, I sent all of them out before I'd even got on there last time. Oh, okay. All right. In answer to your That's previous awesome. question, there are 11 town cities, and there's only three of those that I know of to have local government. 
and that is Holdenville, Wetumpka, and Calvin. Really? And we, know Cal- and we know Calvin doesn't have true local government. <laughs> yes, because you have Dustin is the town I was trying to think of. You have Dustin, Stewart, Gertie, Lamar, Atwood, Yeager, Horntown, and Spalding, and they're just nothing but little little drops on the map for the most part. Okay. So then they use Hughes County government. Hughes County resources, correct. Resources, yes. Mhm. Okay. They have the, okay. Uh, they have some. Uh, you have some local fire departments in there. Right. For example, Stewart's, for example, Stewart's got a fire department, but they don't have any uh, law enforcement. Yeah, that that's been gone for years now. Atwood. Uh, has a mayor still. I don't know what kind of something they got going on. So does Gertie. Well, I just and, heard about Atwood having that, and that's got to be under some township situation. But see, they don't—they're not listed, and they have no municipality status whatsoever. So they're just going through the motion then. So, how is Calvin doing these days? They have a whole world of issues. They're using <laughs> yeah. they're use they're using town assets to provide trash service halfway to Wetumpka and halfway to Holdenville, outside of the so called town limits that you would have if you were a municipality. But just just give them credit and say they are, you can't use town assets outside the jurisdiction. So that's misappropriation of public funds. That's misuse of public funds. That's fraud. That's all kinds of issues. And then you still have the cemetery issue where the town of Calvin itself doesn't recognize ownership, and there's money and donations being collected on behalf of the cemetery, and the town itself has no records records of those collections. And we still have a council or a trustee still acting uh, under uh, criminal fraud, not criminal fraud, but criminal felony, impersonating a town officer that is expelled from the council because they missed three out of five meetings in a four-month period. And they still keep answering roll call. And it's been brought to their attention over five months ago. Yeah, and that's state law that they're violating. Now, wasn't that being looked into by the state? No, no. That was totally ignored when it was presented to the town, town attorney, town council, each individual member, the town clerk, by written notification by myself with copies of the notes, excuse me, copy of the minutes, that are filed by the town clerk and are part of the official record of the town. Was there a revote though? That was a separate issue. Okay, that's just, okay. that was a, that was a that's a separate issue. And then now we've yeah. had another trustee resign, and there's really not been any official reason given. 
let me ask, was it a trustee that was above board? No. Which trustee was that? Bill Cagle. If you don't mind asking. Who? Bill Cagle. Bill Cagle. No kidding. The one who had the uh, the vehicle with uh, yep. your... Yep, yeah, that uh, one. <laughs> And he was also and he was also photographed dispersing town assets, water, allowing water trucks to fill up out of the town water supply, and yet there's no invoices to anybody for that disbursement of water. Okay, so now he has resigned. Correct. Okay. But okay, that allegation so. was only slightly looked into by Joe Chitwood, and the response back, well, he shouldn't have been doing that, and then a couple of months, three months have passed. Don't know if that has anything to do with what's happening here. I don't think so, because there's other changes in town that um, would probably promote another reason. Right. Right. And so Joe Chitwood is still the chief of police. He still gets a paycheck. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. I won't say much more about that. Okay. Well, um, this is here just a couple of days ago. They had a special council meeting. That was over the big screw-up of oh. the, the Joneses. Given the Dollar General store, the location to build their store, right on top of the sewer main, which is illegal. And they just they just voted in the council. They approved the uh, bid for 43000 and some odd dollars for construction to fix the problem. But I, I've been told that that is not... It's a bid approved, but it's not coming out of town funds. It's supposedly coming from the insurance company, but that's still something that needs to be ran down. But that was all part of someone trying to run a town that had no business running a town. And that all happened in the very beginning when Robert Jones died, and they were trying to run around and choose between Rex Jones and his brother Sheen Jones that they were building the dollar store, but the do, but the dollar store turned around and sued the town of Calvin. And yet they haven't, they don't know they're suing a town that doesn't exist, and Calvin answered the suit. Okay. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Uh, under what uh, un, under what um, government did they answer as a suit? Under what form? They just they just they just answered the suit. I, I don't. So I, haven't, I, I, I haven't seen the, I haven't I haven't seen the styling on the lawsuit. Okay. I'm sure it was. I'm fairly certain it was styled town of Calvin. Okay. But there are no documents with the Oklahoma. Um, Secretary of State documenting a municipality of Calvin, Oklahoma. Okay. Even. Yep. 
Telling they they have they have a they have a quick claim deed filed by somebody that lists Town of Calvin Incorporated between two individuals, and that's somehow supposed to be proof. But it is not incorporated. They listed the Town of Calvin as being incorporated between two individuals exchanging property not involving the town, and that is supposed to be documentation that the town of Calvin is incorporated. Okay. Well, but that even if you Right. But even if you were incorporated, the sheer fact that you haven't filed your financials in the last 12 years, you would have forfeited any subdivision charter of a corporation that you might have had. Now, did they file last year? File uh, what? Nothing has been filed to date. Okay. Since 2010. And they okay. think that they are going to file 9, 10, and 11, and then that will be hunky-dory fine. And they will somehow oh. be able to qualify for grants. For if they do three years' worth and they don't get up to date? Yeah, they, that's what they think. Never well, mind they that, they, that. Because the rules for grants say that if you got three years' filings under good, good standing, that you can apply for grants. Well, that may be true, but that's under the assumption or presumption that you have filed all your others every right, year. Right, and that you brought it current, yeah. So that's that's the mentality at play here. That's crazy. That is crazy. Okay. Okay. So uh, when oh, is we, Maxwell we, up for re-election at the sheriff's department? I don't know. Let me let me let me backtrack before that question, okay? Because this okay. is really the town obtained the Methodist Church as a gift from the Methodist Church uh, hierarchy, and they have been trying for six or seven months to turn this into town hall, based on the premise that the town was going to sell their current town hall to itself at the fire department and use those funds to fix up the Methodist church, which is dilapidated, mole-infested, blah, blah, blah. And they have been pushing this, pushing this, pushing this, and pushing this. At the last council meeting, uh, the fire department stepped up and said, we can't purchase it because it's against the law. Okay. Well, so but, then the town, but, but then the town attorney <laughs> steps up and says, let me look into that. There may be a way around that. But the reason they can't purchase it is because they're part of the town. Right. They are part of the local government itself, and they can't take tax dollars to rebuy what you already own. That is crazy. There again, okay. there's the mentality. Okay, uh, so... 
who are the trustees now in Calvin? Legitimately or otherwise? Um, well, let's go through it. Okay, let's well, Sheila Crawshaw, Sheila Crawshaw is not supposed to be on there. She's the one that's Mr. Absences. Bill Cagle is gone. So that now leaves uh, T.G. Adamson, Rhonda Tweedle, and T.G. Adamson. No, you done named him. No, T.G., Rhonda, and... Uh, Mike Troop. Troop, I'm sorry, Troop. Mm-hmm. And are they, go- are they going to replace and, and backing and, and backing up, Troop's daughter is the town treasurer. So all the, cemetery, all the cemetery stuff has been swept under the rug because she would be responsible, directly responsible, for all the assets of the town, which do include the town property known to be the town cemetery and where that money is going. Okay. Okay. Well, um you know, it's amazing that those in the higher offices just seem to refuse to help <coughs> with all these special investigations. It well, shouldn't matter cemetery. how small the town is. Shouldn't. Now the state attorney supposedly was investigating the allegations made on the cemetery, but nothing has been brought forward or any news past the point of them, quote-unquote, going to look into it, and then rumor that they called the individual taking the collections to Oklahoma City to provide proof of where the monies went. Nothing's been heard of since. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. But that sign okay, good is still out time. there. It's still all out there. But see, I thought that Calvin was going to actually file their financials last year, this year, and, oh, and, and you know, I didn't know that they just completely, they're just continuing the lapses. They've been working on three years' worth of them, which they finally got done and supposedly approved for them to be filed. I hadn't heard anything beyond that point. That, well, they approved for them to be paid. Yeah, pay pay the bill so <laughs> so the guy could finish doing it, his filing or whatever he's going to do. But going back to the last time they filed the financials back in 2010, the guy that filed them said that he could not sign off on them and he would not sign off on them. And they don't know the status of these returns that they have supposedly completed. Well, you're supposed to there's, – there's not much money missing. So what years? You got over $6.5 million unaccounted for to date. And the bulk of that now, falls under Rhonda Tweedle's mother's tenure as the as the town treasurer right now is it unaccounted for because 
they haven't done their their financials and there's a way it could be accounted for that it went towards town to the town like is there a town budget that's printed out every year that supposedly shows where everything went to from the words of the Oklahoma State Auditor and Inspector's Office, you and I both know, speaking to me, from the head auditor, you and I both know, speaking to me, that they do not have the records to compile their financials. Right. They wow. faxed up the town trash truck to town hall. They backed up the town trash. Right. That's right. To get rid of the files. They didn't have any citations on file for the Oklahoma Audit and Inspector's Office to even look at the hard copies. Yeah. And again, that's what that was. And that was one of those things that they were asked if they got them, and they said, well, no, we didn't ask for those. I said, well, you should have because they don't exist because the prior police chief said he walked in to the police chief's office and there were no records whatsoever. You're talking about um, Hardin. Chitwood. Chitwood, okay. Oh, okay. Got you. Got you. All right. Well, all right. So, met a county commissioner candidate here several years back. Was was talking to him out front out there one night, and uh, just to show you how things go, this guy's running for county commissioner. He's county, and we told him about some certain person that had stolen another person's identity and went down and bought a new pickup truck, took out a loan at the bank under that other person's name. This guy running for county commissioner says, well, what's wrong with that? Seriously, what's wrong with that? that explain yeah, to him seriously. Thursday. That's what he said. Well, what's wrong with that? He's seen no problem stealing somebody's identity and going buying a new pickup truck with their with their with their ID. And this was a candidate. I was standing there. I heard it. It was a candidate for county commissioner. And he wasn't joking. Oh, no, he no. was not joking. He was serious, dead serious. Serious as a heart attack. Well, what's wrong with that? What? How about if they do it to him? How would how would he feel about that? Do you think? <laughs> I well, don't know. Well, I obviously in Hughes County, identity fraud is not a big issue. Uh, well, going back to what I said about dead person's name on official documents with a stamp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's just use the. The dead county commissioner's and, and, name. And, 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 and the person being spoke of was not elected. So this is someone else that believes the same thing. Okay. Okay. So I was I was going to ask if, all right, so they, wait a minute. So the, was that person running for county commissioner elected? The answer is no, right? 
No. No, he didn't make it. <laughs> but yet somebody, but yet somebody else doesn't really see any difference either. If you're stamping a de- a, a dead commissioner's uh, signature. Right. Right. Well, clean up in aisle one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we we need a clean up. So, how are things, James, with you? Are you things going smoother for you as far as the context of the kinds of harassment that you were getting at one time? Oh, they're beginning. They're beginning to raise their ugly head again. One of the old-timers, part of the good old boys group, didn't get his way with town uh, town hall because they actually granted closing part of an alley and closing part of a street, all that stuff back in December, and the town didn't challenge it, but yet they wouldn't ever close the alley behind me, so he's <coughs> raising up old garbage, Right. and they seem to seem to be entertaining him. Now, that's not quite what the town attorney said he was going to suggest, but he could only give them his suggestion. That didn't mean that they were going to listen. Oh, really? It it, it had been fairly quiet, had been, but the last two or three months it's beginning to revert back. All because of the alley? Yes. Let me give you a little rundown on uh, something else about this alley. This particular individual that's all up in arms about the alley is because uh, there's some cross ties, allegedly, where they shouldn't be holding dirt from falling in the alley, which is where it used to be until it got put. The cross ties are running. The cross ties are running parallel parallel with the alley, not hurting a thing. And they're right up against the telephone poles. So anyway, they're keeping the dirt from falling out in the alley again. Well, this individual's wow. been having fits about this for, for years now because them cross ties is there, okay? Some of my relatives, before these buildings belonged to James, had rented two buildings down there. At the time they rented them, if you came over the top of the hill there at the post office and looked to the left where this big, long metal building is, you could not even see that there was a building there because the brush was so high in the alley. You could not the walk through is, the alley. You could not see anything in the alley. The building is and built on fine. a zero lot line. It is the edge of the alley, and you couldn't see it. Could not see the building, even though it's totally against the alley. Could not see it at all. My My family... And myself included one day, I took my commercial grasshopper mower up there and was mowing part of the alley with it, cutting brush like I do with stuff. It wasn't intended to be used for a brush hog, but I was using it for one. There's uh-huh. chainsaws cutting trees down out of the alley and stuff, trying to get it where you could get through there. And then tree come along, and he finished the job and leveled it all out, put cross ties to hold everything, made it nice and neat. Ever since then, this certain person named Bennett's having a fit about them cross ties being in the alley. Because he didn't get his way of being able to park in the alley, which he had supposedly done forever and ever and ever. But the biggest thing is that the town didn't give him his way. 
Okay. But this was all, you know, and he tried to get the alley closed where I couldn't even drive up and down the alley by his little house at the end I of the alley. That. That he was, all of that mess. And he was beaten, and he was defeated in court multiple times by myself. Well, he's he's back on his bandwagon. Now, mind he you, that, uh, now mind you, out of all the alleys in town, there's only three or four alleys that you can even walk down, much less drive down. All the others you cannot. Why is that? Because the town hasn't. <laughs> cut the trees out of them or take the fences down that people have fenced in the alleys or the mayor's mother's house is built on top of an alley or, 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 and or. Okay. Okay. But we're worried about this alley and the, and the town's going to, they're going to check into it. They're going to get it took care of them. Cross ties are going to get out of there. I told, I told the council meeting, this is on Facebook live. Somebody wants to go look it up. I told them, what are y'all planning on doing? Well, where cross can you ties find it on your you, Facebook Live? You going to drive through them telephone poles that them cross ties is up against? What good's it going to do yeah, to move the cross ties? You can't, you can't widen the alley out anymore because of the telephone poles. And the building's on one side and telephone poles are on the other. Yeah. Okay. But as I told, I told the town attorney, I'll be the first one to stand in line. And if you, if there's an encroachment, and you can prove there's an encroachment, I'll be the first one in line to honor that encroachment, but you're going to survey every alley and every piece of property in this town, and you're going to enforce every other encroachment. Right. In other words, treat everybody the same. You just can't pick and choose. Right. Right. And that's been the problem the whole time is all the picking and choosing in the good old boys club. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I was hoping things would have gotten better by now. As long as the current council is in place, as long as there is a Jones being employed by the town, it's going to be one travesty after another. It's, there's no telling how many thousands of dollars Rex Jones has cost the town. And I know how much, I mean, his father cost the town thousands of dollars. Thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Something disrupted their little apple cart with the one council member resigning. So so when is that up for a vote again? Well, that's just it. Since somebody resigns, they don't have to vote. They can cherry-pick whoever they want to to be on the council. That's what I was afraid of. I was going to hear, that they are going yep. to appoint. Now, the one thing about it is they can't reappoint the, one, the council member that got kicked off for her absences. But Who is they're still gonna, doing they're, the roll call. But they're, but they're going to have a – the law provides um, – the state law provides that if there's some discrepancy to the facts, that you can hold a hearing. But, see, the facts of the, of the paperwork filed with the absences are filed by the town clerk. There is no discrepancy of the facts. 
but there is no hearing. No, they're going to have a hearing. They are. Because they're, because they're saying there's a discrepancy of the facts. Well, those are officially filed documents by the town treasurer, town secretary. Yeah, and they're wanting to question whether she was actually there. One of them, their meetings, well, one of the council members brought up the fact that if you're there at a meeting, you usually vote during the meeting, and there's no votes on that date from this supposed person that just came in late. Well, she she tried to claim that she was late, and then she tried to claim she wasn't told, didn't know there was a meeting, and then she tried to claim that she was there. Well, which one of the three is it? Well... The, there's no special notes as to the absences. It just says roll call, da 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 here, da 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 here, da 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 absent, da 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 absent. Again, officially filed records. There's no discrepancy. And the and the vote count shows that she didn't make any votes on them days. So obviously the the record was correct that she wasn't there. Uh-huh. But she needed a special invitation because she didn't know they had a meeting. But everybody, <laughs> but the whole public was there. Posted on the on the, she would have known about the meeting if she was at the last meeting. <laughs> and it, isn't it posted in public places? And it, you know, and yeah, it's on the it's on the door of the of the. Well, I mean, do they do, do they send out special notices to every citizen in town? We're going to have a meeting, but huh. that was. So, so what, it's so just what are as the corrupt. Rules? If they miss three meetings in a row, or is it three meetings? No, it, in- within within a four month time frame. <laughs> if you miss more than half of the meetings, special or regular, you cease to mm-hmm. hold office. And there were five meetings in a four month span, and she missed three of them. Okay. Pretty black and white. Yet the town ignored it for over five months when I had notified them in writing as a public notice and specifically sent it to the town attorney. The following month they addressed it. The town attorney said he didn't get it. He never saw it. And yet there's an email registry that said he did. And then they went silent up until last month. And it was brought back up by troops. He ran up cemetery stuff, but he brought up the council. But he had his. So you have people that are speaking up now, though. Other My than just, uh, sometimes, yeah. It depends on what you want to call speaking up. Do they run? The only the biggest controversy is they're after trying to run his daughter off as the treasurer, and he's protecting her. Okay, so who's trying to run his daughter off? The mayor. The mayor is. The mayor. Okay, so why is she, why do you think she's trying to run the daughter off? Is it for the look because I think I think party? the daughter I think I think the daughter finally discovered that she had stepped in some stuff and she wasn't going to go along with it anymore. Okay. Personal opinion. Okay. Because they try to hide everything they do. 
Right. And there's there's talking in this last meeting, you know, how we're how good a job that Sheila Crawshaw is doing and all this. One of the council members was and they couldn't understand why people's attacking Sheila Crawshaw. I told them it ain't about Sheila Crawshaw. It's about the law, what the law says, and the lawlessness of this town. That's what it's yep. about. Yep. That's a that's a great way to put it. Well, but it's actually their own rules because the town's own ordinances concerning the absences mirrors the state law exactly. Yeah, it's in their own own town code book too, as well as state law. So they're violating their own law too. Okay. And there again, if you violate your own charter, you violate your own uh, your own corporate minutes. You've lost your corporate charter. You've lost your municipality status. But they don't get it. What's the crowd like at the, at the meetings? What is the crowd like at the meetings? Getting uh, three or four different people that normally hadn't been there. Actually, it was about five or six that hadn't ever really been there before this, the last meeting, but they had personal things on the agenda. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I.e. Harry Bennett wanting to stir up stuff with the alley. Okay. okay. But it had, there, had, there has been a handful of different people that never attended before. Okay. In the last six, seven months. And some of them claim well, they couldn't attend because of the school board meeting, so they're changing the the council meeting to a different day, so that's going to eliminate that excuse. We'll see if they show up now. Yeah, yeah that, was kind of, that was actually kind of surprising. Well, that was kind of surprising. They, The town of Calvin actually moved its meeting date to a Tuesday from a Monday when the school board meets. To accommodate others. Well, okay, yeah, but let's don't get carried away with that. When they have their executive meeting, if it's raining outside, if you're going to go to the meeting, you're going to go outside and stand in the rain. So they're not trying to accommodate anybody. When they go into executive session, which they do every single time, all the people in attendance to the meeting have to go out in the weather. Which is illegal. Which is illegal. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. So that, do you think that encourages or discourages participation? Yeah, that's a great point. So a bunch of people leave like, every time when they go outside. There should be another outside. room that they step into. Should be. Okay. Or if somebody's got to go out in the weather, why don't they go out in the weather? <laughs> it's a public meeting You're supposed to be accommodating the public True This is true I was never aware that When they hold The special uh, meetings That you guys had to actually leave the building yeah, I thought because that they, they just went have, to another room Nope They don't have another Well they have other rooms But they don't think it's their place to Again, they're not trying to accommodate you. They're trying to discouraging you from attending. Okay. See, the Wetumpka City Council, they all got up and went in the back room to hold their executive session and then come back out in the main room, and all us sat 
sit there in the in the office still. So why is it against the law for them to send you outside? I'm just wondering, is something written in the law? Well, because the yeah. intent of it is to accommodate you on an equal footing, equal basis with the council itself. Okay. For your participation. And if you're putting up a roadblock like that, you're not encouraging participation. You're actually denying participation, which goes against the Open Meetings Act, the intent of the act. Yet they should have this special, their special meetings at a different time. Well, so no. They should, they should have accommodations. They should have accommodations for themselves to exit the meeting. To go quorum in executive session. Right. So where it's done everywhere else. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. That's, well, that's why I, I, I had no idea this is how they are doing it. Okay. Okay. Well, before you know it, you're going to be voting again. And now's the time to get out there and talk to people. Now is the time to change the dynamic, to change the dynamic of Calvin. It's cannot or and the other other towns. It's time to know who you're really voting for, what people stand for. Well, town of Calvin is is secure for the next two years. There is no voting. I'm sorry to hear they're, that. They're, they're, they're going to try to do their appointing. Okay. And so Trisha Smith is still the county judge. Is that correct? Or a county judge? An associate judge. An associate judge. Okay. So she's secure? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know if her position's up for election or not. Something we'll have to check into, I guess. I don't think there's anybody politically challenging at this point, if that was your question. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. So I just think that when the elections come again, it's time for you to run, James. I think that you might get more votes than you know. I would have to change residency and a lot of other issues that I wouldn't be too thrilled about doing. Right. I mean, that's that's the honest answer to that one. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Right. But because going, you got but, one person. But they're going to implode on their own misgivings here before long is my my guess because we're going to get to the a little bit more into why they're being sued by uh, the dollar store and they just they just keep whitewashing issues hoping they'll go away but these issues need to be kept you know in the forefront time and time again and. I haven't right. been bringing them to the forefront as much as I could have been over the last whatever, but they're not going to go away. 
Well, you needed some peaceful time. You poor thing. You needed some downtime. (laughs) But, I mean, you can, I mean, right now, a simple injunction can stop them dead in their tracks with the trash service. Mm -hmm. And I, I actually brought it, I wanted to get the response from the town attorney, and he was told about it at the last meeting, and he claimed that he was totally unaware of it. And asked me why it was illegal. And he says, well, that might, he might have a point. I said, well, I know we have a point, and I know it's right. illegal because mm-hmm. it's misallocation of public funds. You're either a tax-exempt corporation or you're for-profit. So obviously you're operating on the basis of a for-profit by providing, for providing services outside the town jurisdiction. So, where's your tax? Who are you paying tax to? Dead silence. Who are you paying tax? Yeah. You got a town treasurer. You got town employees outside the town limits working. How can you justify signing their paychecks? They're not inside the town of Calvin working. But you're paying them with town funds. Now, how do you as the town treasurer justify that? I don't think you can, really. Yeah, well, I don't think you can. You can't. Yeah. And the town if the, attorney if, said... If the, if, the town, uh, if the town police chief can't write citations for revenue outside the town jurisdiction... Why can you provide trash service outside the town jurisdiction for revenue? Do you think that it is for town revenue, or do you think it's for personal revenue? Well, it's for personal revenue because they're, they're, they're just using the money to pay their own salaries that they keep giving themselves raises over. Right. But you can't be a for-profit business outside the municipality. You can't use the town monies that bought the town assets, that bought the town trash truck, that pays the town wages, and use it outside the town jurisdiction. Not without a contract. No, it doesn't. Contract or no contract. You cannot sell just like the county has a big pile of dirt out there and you want to go let buy some from the county. They can't sell it to you. That belongs to the county. Right. You can't sell the town trash service because it belongs to the town. Right. It's not yours to sell. It's the county county it's not the county's dirt to sell. Well, okay, the county gets money back. Well no, you can't do it. It's county dirt. You can't sell trash service. It belongs to the town of Calvin inside the corporate limit. The same corporate limit that supposedly all the people that live inside can legally vote in. If you don't live in the town limit, you can't vote outside the town limit. Well, if you don't live in the town limit, how can you get city services outside the town limit? You can't.
That's crazy. How's the water? Uh, pure chlorine. It's pure chlorine? Well, I mean, told that it's pure chlorine, yes. Can't hardly so stand and breathe when they turn anymore. the faucet on. Well, you put enough chlorine in there, it won't. But you can't drink it. Okay. From one end of the spectrum to the other. Still bad. Oh, oh, we have a new one. We have a new one. The town of Calvin applied for application to dump its sewer into the Canadian River. Okay. Now, how do you think think that's going to... The tribes have already been contacted. The tribes have already been on the river in their boats. The tribes have already collected samples. And remember, we're on a reservation. Calvin is on a reservation. Of course. This this whole part of the state is. About half of the states are one Indian reservation or another. Yeah, we're under McGirt. Right. Well, I didn't realize that Calvin was actually... Oh, yeah, right down in the middle. In that mat. Okay. Yeah. 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 Wow. All right. So they want to dump sewage in the Canadian River. it, it, It was a renewal permit. It was listed as a renewal permit to allow sewage overflow, to overflow their facility go to a natural natural tributary that the tributary feeds into the, into the Canadian River. So as if it had already been permitted? We don't know. It's listed as a renewal, but there has to be some oh, well, reason that was... Interesting. There has if to be some renewal. reason that yeah. it was pu- public notice. So that means you can contest it. Yeah, I would think so. I would think you could contest it anyways. And yet... Right, but I mean, but that's the purpose of the public notice. Right. And it's already been being used that way, and that's why they've sampled it? It's already been documented from at least three or four years ago with photographs that it was overflowing the facility. It just never has been used or came up yet. It, it's been known to be over, every time there's a heavy rain that it will overflow its banks and go down to that tributary. Just like the town had a sewer leak on the south side of the highway and it was going feeding into the same tributary because the town's sewage line runs underneath the highway from the south to the north. And these these holding ponds are on the north side of the highway. Okay, so that's another stinky mess, pun intended. Yes. Okay. Okay. And they right, they okay. actually they they actually wanted to apply for having an overhead gasoline tank at the town barn for some Kakamadu reasons, you know, they're going to save money. Well, it's just another way to steal gas without it being accounted for. But they already have a diesel tank down there that's not properly installed, according to uh, OSHA and DEQ. 
You see, the list is just Tanya. It's ongoing. It's one calamity after another. They cannot do anything correct. And that's because it boils down to money. Boils down to trying to pinch in pennies where no pennies are had and trying to act and spend and be beyond your means. We don't need a police department. We don't need a town government. The only thing, if if Calvin Municipality, quote-unquote, went away, the only thing, the water trust would be absorbed by uh, rural water. The only town service you would have to secure would be trash service. Because the town has no uh, uh, influence over electric or gas. It's just a deadhead waste, a deadhead cost. It so serves your no thought is you're wishing that there was no no town government at all. Doesn't need to be. You don't have one in like Alan that. Stewart and all the all the others. Right. And it's certainly not because they're enforcing so much criminal drug activity. Are they in better shape, these other little towns? They're no better, no worse. They just don't spend the money. They get their water, like I said, from rural water, and they get their electricity and gas from the same people we do. And the only difference is Calvin's providing their trash service now, you know, halfway there. So get rid rid of... If you get rid of the town government, or if if what should happen is that the town should be closed because it's not holding its own municipal charter, it's not holding its own corporal government. The town should be closed by the governor. The governor then would reallocate the assets of the town. The trust in the water would be absorbed by rural water. The town government just goes away. You can't have a police department, and you can't have a municipal court. And the county sheriff would actually come into town like it's supposed to. But they won't, the sheriff will not come into town unless absolutely necessary because, quote unquote, we have law enforcement. Well, and the sheriff's department's good for nothing, anyways. <laughs> Are we much better with what we have? No, I know. I was, I figured you'd say that, but I didn't know if you wanted to go up that tree. Not particularly, but I mean, I mean that's just a. I don't. I, I would, I'd, I'd bet you a hundred bucks. I might lose it, but I'd almost bet you a hundred dollars there hadn't been a single traffic citation through traffic court in months. Okay. It would, if there were. It would be mint school. If there were, it would be you. <laughs> well, that's maybe a true statement. <laughs> well, there, there was one. There was there was one point in time that I was the only person on the docket for I want to say six months. No, it was All nine right, months. For traffic violations. 
Oh, Stephen said it was nine months. I was the only person on the on the docket. Nine months. <laughs> Tanya, you have one and a half minutes left. Oh, oh, goodness gracious! All right, my laptop is saying a different time. Okay. Well, thank you, Marty. Gosh. Um, well, we went we went down various rabbit holes today. Um, but thank you for listening to us, everybody. I appreciate it. Uh, we are not going to have a show on Easter Sunday, so I want to wish everybody a happy Easter. And, you know, be kind to each other. Be kind to others. And uh, I'm not going to say don't eat too much chocolate. Eat chocolate. Chocolate's the best. <laughs> um, thank you, Stephen Burke, once again. Thank you, James Street and James Abbott. I didn't hear too much from you tonight, but uh, we're, we're moving forward, and you and you stay out of the way of those thugs that are trying to cause you harm. Um, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to Tanya Talks with Tanya Talks with Aunt Marty Oaks, <laughs> where your voice is heard. I'm sorry, it has been such a long day today. Tanya Talks, where yes, your voice yeah. is heard. Your story told on Marty Oaks. <laughs> TS Radio Network and Stephen <laughs> Burks, 89.9 KLRB FM, Lighthouse Christian Radio. God bless everybody. Good night. Happy Easter, and we'll be back with you the following Sunday. Good night. <laughs>